uh, we're going to kick on straight in to Wednesday's racing and uh, a big talking horse of this season and one named after the probably the greatest jockey we've seen over jumps. People will argue that, of course, and it's a horse they would have saved the name for. And uh, that's champ Stephen Cass for the band. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he looks a rock solid favourite and he probably you could make an argument he could be half the price he is. He was very impressive in the Chalo. Um, I don't mind that stat that Chalo winners don't do well. Um in the Ballymore it's just you know it's just one of those things uh, I battle over Diane I think he looks a bit slow you know the, the the Ballymore they often don't don't go a clip and it kind of can turn into a bit of a sprint uh, it certainly did last year and it has in other years and battle over Diane isn't the quickest I, I think you know I think he's going to be a three mile chaser in time um, brewing up a storm I, I was coming around to him but he just looks too too much of a rogue at the moment a rogue is the wrong word but too inexperienced and he's not professional enough um, so I'd probably side with Champ. I'd give Jarvie's plate a little squeak. You just have to forgive him the run the last day behind Birchdale um, in the race uh, that brewing up a storm fell because he was very, very good at Cheltenham in January. Like that was a really, really good run. So, you know, if you get 40 to one or something about him, I might give him an each way, way squeak. But Champ is solid enough. Uh, nothing really to recommend a massive bet. Uh, I think Champ, you know, might be the winner. You mentioned a horse I really like in there, and that's brewing up a storm, but I just don't like coming in off that fall. I would have loved them to have been able to do something else, but you know, it's only 46 days between that fall and the race. He does an awful lot wrong, doesn't he? Um... Yeah, he does. Um, I think the engine's there, and I know Ollie Murphy's got some really nice horses to compare him against, and he thinks this one is probably the best of them. But, you know, tens, I think he's still backable. I wouldn't touch him at shorter than that. Um yeah, it's a fascinating race. Champ does look solid. Dem and Nolan, I know you like uh, to take on these kind of prices in these kind of races because this race is a, is a tricky one to solve. Where are you going? Uh, yeah, I just think if you like uh, Battle Over Dying, I think you kind of have to like Sam's profile. Um, now, it's far from guaranteed he runs. I mean, Mouth Moritz is known to look after his younger horses, but he's just brought this one along nicely. It, it's... Uh, like Ifogler was saying the last day that he was hearing that the horse was fancied. And if you watch that run back, I mean, he's he kind of, that last run, the Battle Over Dying won. Battle Over Dying is the valid winner. Don't get me wrong. But Sam, Sam's profile belts the third, gets stuck on the inside and was kept in by Battle Over Dying. And Brian Cooper had to bring him back, completely go to the outside and came under a wet sail to finish like two and two and three quarters lengths behind Battle Over Dying. Sam's profile been slowly rising the ranks before that was kind of second behind Darren's town. That horse has franked that the fourth that day. The big dog has franked that as well. And on the first run of the season, uh, beat Eclo the Bofo. Eclair the Bofo, even, sorry. And that horse has gone on to be fourth in that um, that handicap hurdle behind Off You Go that I think is going to produce loads of handicap hurdle winners. So Sam's profile at like 16, 20 to 1 or so is, I just think he's a big price in a race where. In these novice races, I always look for the bigger odds because it's just you don't really know where you stand with them all, uh, apart from Angel's Bread, obviously. And uh, I think he's uh, he's too big a price team in the context of this race for an absolute genius like Mouse Morris. And wouldn't it be some crack if uh, if Brian Cooper and Mouse Morris could could beat Battle Over Dying going up the running? It would be, and it would be some crack if Brian Cooper goes away with a few winners. I think I've just thrown him up in the in the Close Brothers. He's going to have other chances during the week, so. Could be a big week for um, Brian Cooper. And Mouse Morris, well, he doesn't send him to Cheltenham unless they're absolutely ready to rock and roll. So Sam's profile. And in fairness to you, Derma, I know he's probably contracting in price now. And 14s uh, for this race seems to be available. 
where I'm looking and you know you've been sticking him up here at 25s and bigger prices than that so I'm going to come to Paddy Aspel because Paddy we've talked about this race a few times and uh, you like Martin Brazel's City Island yeah I do um I mean I'm not going to use that word and say he's gone under the radar because it drives Stephen Cast mad, and he's certainly not. He, he's certainly he's fourth. Not, he's fourth favorite, Paddy. The fourth, the fourth favorite has gone under the radar. He's certainly not until a, now. Under the radar until price. now. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the thing about this horse is, I wouldn't like to see too much more rain for him because they've had the tongue tie on him from from the get go. So he's obviously got a little. He's a little bit thick winded, but it certainly doesn't stop him. But He's a horse that's he is on the improve. He's been nicely campaigned, and I mean I wouldn't like to see him go much shorter because this is a very very warm race. I really respect Elliot's horse. I I I think he's he's too big to be jumping hurdles because he's an absolute monster. But I do like the amount of effort he makes over a hurdle because like I mentioned the other day when we did the the podcast last week, he could kick hurdles out of the way this chap and 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 still it wouldn't it wouldn't even break a stride. But he's very neat and tidy. Um, and he was good at Nace, and um, but I'm going to go with City Island here because I just think it would be a fantastic winner for Connections because Sean Moraine, who you know he was he was one of our our bigger owners a few years ago, and 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 he's been you know he's been off the scene for a while, and and now he's he's getting a good team together again, and th- this would be a real fitting winner if he could if they could produce this horse to win their own race, the Ballymore, and so yeah, I think I'd be I'd be happy to go with him. I think he's in very good hands this horse. Okay. That's Mark Brazel's City Island for Paddy Aspel. I'm going to give Bruin up a storm, a tentative vote at the double-figure prices that are still around. Uh, Stephen Castlake's champ and Jarvis plate at a massive price if it could reproduce earlier Cheltenham form. And Sam's profile, who Dan Manon has been talking about for quite some time on the Race Hour. You are listening to the Race Hour Cheltenham preview, of course, brought to you with gambling.com and Bet Hard. And we're going to move on to the RSA chase. Um, we've had a bit of an old flip-flop in the markets during the week, Dermot Nolan, because Santini was rumoured to uh, possibly be missing the race. Now sits back in the race. Everything seems to be all good uh, around 7-2, but that means Delta Work has come in to a pretty strong 7-4 favourite here. Yeah, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm thrilled this happened, to be honest. Uh, I mean, this is typical of, you see this all the time as well, with uh, two-year-olds working up in the Curra. Somebody was standing there and watched him walk off a bit funny, and that's that's where that all clearly came from, because Nicky Henderson was seen to be taken by surprise from it. We all kind of then thought that maybe for the 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 Unibet preview that that the news of him coming out was just being held for that. He's absolutely fine. These things happen. I mean, Altior had this the very morning that he went on to win the the champion chase. Um, and this horse, as Nicky Henderson said, was nowhere near as bad as that even. Um, the bigger concern for him has been his prep. He he missed his last prep run, but Nicky gets horses to Cheltenham uh, like like Willie Mullins would or like any of these top top trainers do. He'll get him here without without needing much work. I mean, it has to be said as well that Santini won on trials day last year at um, at the Cheltenham the Cheltenham meeting, beating Black Op, and that was arguably one of his better performances. Um, he 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 for his short career, you can't really say it categorically, but I don't think the break is going to do him much harm. He didn't like Kempton, hated every second of it, but still ran really well behind top of the game and Labagua. I think he'll have no problem dealing with top of the game, in my opinion, uh, over. A trip like this, as much as I do respect that rival, I think he should be in the in the JLT. I think he'd absolutely slaughter them in that. Um, great time for for Delta work as well. But again, it's just I'm not sure whether we're kind of making too much of that form. Um, but I think Santini at seven to two now is a very big price, and uh, I'll happily happily back him at that price team. 
Okay, well, uh, there's no surprise there. That's Dermot Nolan uh, talking about Santini again. We could do a podcast just dedicated to Dermot Nolan talking about Santini, but I'm going to let Stephen Cass have the next crack at the RSA. Yeah, it, like it's a fascinating race. Everyone's talking it up as it being a you know a vintage race. Like of the top three in the market, Santini I think is very short for 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 what he is and what he's done. You know, but I can see why people like him. Um, and Delta work. There's just little question marks about him, given he wears the hood and he hasn't had much of a prep. Like apart from, uh, was it Don Poli? No horse in 50 years had won the RSA, have not run in that calendar year. Now obviously Elliot's going to be able to get him ready, but just lit- little question marks. Um, and top of the game, he's he's a he's a complete joke. Like what he did at Exeter was was due to his attitude. He dogged us now at Kempton like he he packed it in he absolutely down tools when he should have won that race and then I saw a little video of him going around that little circular school you know that uh, Nichols has that they jump the fences kind of inside in a little loop and it, he was practically trying to run out right-handed going left-hand like he's he's he is a yoke now and he's got some engine Stephen I think you are confusing the fact he's 17 hands too and that little circle with schools in it I'm amazed he can actually engineer his way around that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he would have chewed his way out of the fence if he had his way. Like he's he's a complete absolute joke. He's got some engine on him now, and Nichols is a genius, and I'm sure he'll get him right. But I couldn't have him on my mind, and he's a maiden as well. Like you know, he's seven to two. Absolutely not. So let's say Santini comes out. That then look, it doesn't matter. Santini may or may not come out, but I don't think there's much in the race outside of that. So while I think Delta Work is the most likely winner of the top three who are taking up all the market, I definitely would like to have an each way bet here. I mentioned crucial role. He's eighty to one non-runner, no bet. Um, like he's well capable of running in the late one fifties, which would place in any RSA. So eighty to one non-runner, no bet. Back crucial role, you'll probably get your money back because he'll run in the Ultima. Um, and if he runs on the day, I think he'd be sixteen to one. And the other one I would back is the World's End, who loves Cheltenham. Uh, thirty-three to one has won over the course and distance. Uh, ran a cracker that day. Uh, if he puts it in on a going day, um, I think the World's End would have a chance. Like he beat now McGinty as well at Chepstow, who's a good almost a 150 horse. Um, he beat like he destroyed Ibisterub 26 lengths when he won in December. And then he obviously ran bad behind Bagoal Kempton, but I'm not sure that'd be his track or his ground. Uh, it was a little softer that day. So good ground, a chance. The World's End, 33s, definitely back crucial road at 80s, non runner, no bet. Um, and that'd be the way I'd play the race. Okay, fascinating way to attack it, considering that those top three have just taken, well, the the market is those top three. But Stephen Cass has gone with a, a few, well, wild ones with the world's end and crucial role. I think they're wild. And lay, lay top of the game, have your lays and running, because he's going to hit that hill and just down tools and pack it yeah, in. Yeah, he went very close last year up that hill. Yeah, well, I said the same about my bite the year that he won the RSA. You were so. nearly right. You were very <laughs> nearly right, in fairness. You were very nearly right. And for, for a couple of seconds, he nearly joined you for a pint on the side of the track. Um, Paddy Aspel, uh, I'll give you the final word on the RSA chase because all I can say is I've come down to the fact that the Drimmore is the best piece of form going into this, and I think that will work or win. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I think that Drimmore form is a standout for me. Um Think about he's always had the hood on this horse. Even you know he's he started off in France, and then as soon as he came over here, his very first run, uh, he's had he's had a hood and a tongue tie, and you know they've kept consistent with that. And I mean, really, this horse is very. I won't say unlucky at uh, Punchdown last year, but he could have very easily won his last five. This, um, you know, he finished second to next de- destination in the 
the Daily Mirror hurdle at the the Punchdown Festival last year. I mean, his form this year is very, very good. I'd like to see him a little bit cleaner on his feet. At times, he can give one a nudge. We've seen like Russell lost the iron, didn't he, at Fairy House? And, and you know, yeah. he was very good on him to still still beat the Richburg that day. But, you know, there would be no margin for error here. And he can't be sloppy like that, which he has been in the past. But, you know, just I really can't get away from how strong his form is. The other one, I would say maybe at a price, do you think will the Bromhead run Chris's dream? Yeah, I think this is the race they'll go for. Um, you know, his form, obviously, he was well behind Bally Ward at Nace um, two runs ago, but the last day bounced right back to form. Um, and just, I think he, he's, he's, certainly, he's certainly a back of a price, that's for sure. But for me, as far as winners go, I couldn't really look past Elliot's horse here. Down he, the he, Chris's dream would really want to bog, wouldn't he, Paddy? Like, it, the, the RSA is one of those races, like you saw it last year, even though it's an absolute war of attrition. You have to be quick enough to go. Like you could see the way those three good horses pulled away last year. Um, an elegant escape was left behind. Like you really, you have to have a bit of toe to be able to travel a- and stay. So I think Chris's dream, if it was heavy going, he'd have a right chance, but on normal going, I'd say he'd get left behind with his running style. He just probably isn't quick enough to go with them. I would also say as well that like champagne classic behind Chris's dream, the last day, I think that form will be reversed on at Cheltenham. And on uh, well, what we assume will be slightly better ground. So if you like Chris's dream, you kind of have to look in the direction of Champagne Classic as well as a bit of value. Um, two votes for Delta Work there from Paddy and myself, although the price has contracted massively with that Santini news during the week. But Santini looks like he's going to turn up. Um, Stephen Cast, the world's end and crucial role, uh, outlandish prices. And Dermot Nolan, when well, there's only one horse in the race for him, and that is Santini. Let's talk about the Coral Cup that comes up afterwards. I don't have a massive amount to say about this other than I thought Uridel, wherever he ends up, if he ends up and gets in, uh, would be punted off the boards. He's already an 8-1 to favourite. Dermot Nolan. Uh, yeah, Uridel. And I think that the, the point the last night from David Jennings at our preview night that, you know, he might just struggle to get in. I mean, he would have got in last year off this rating. Um, but what does he have, 80 or so ahead of him? Um, these handicaps of late, they're, they're just getting higher and higher to get into. You, you, you need to be a great one horse if Uridel got in. I, I'm already on, but I I go in again. I just think he's built for this. That, that race at Leopards on the last day, they absolutely crawled along. He couldn't quite pick up off them, but ran a really good race for fifth. Um, as I was saying already, that's going to be one of the most informative handicap hurdles of this season. Uh, you've got Wonderlake and all these other horses in behind. It, it, it's just going to be very, very strong form. And then when you go through it, I, I was kind of surprised the storyteller is not, not trying to take advantage of his mark in this. Now, he... He's still in it, but I was kind of shocked with that. And I see people putting up Whiskey Sour. I'd be surprised now if Whiskey Sour didn't go for the county hurdle again. He, he's only two or three pounds higher than he was last year. So I think he'd have a right chance in that. But Uridel is the one, has been the one. I'll change on the day, Dean, if he doesn't get in. Um, but I just think in these races, you're obviously looking for the horse that's that's going to win it. And I think he's he's absolutely more than good enough to, to do so. Okay, two votes for Eurodwell from the uh, race hour twins of Dean and Damo. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to Stephen Cass and uh, maybe he's found something of a bit better value. Well, I think look, there's a chance here. This is an outside chance, but if it, I think they could reroute Rhinestone here, um, if you look at the Albert Bartlett, they have Birchdale. Um, they have. This is JP now. And we actually got a Twitter question saying, can we look at races with regards to targets, not just talk about trainers and look at owners. And in the context of this, 
you've Birchdale and you've Dickie Diver both definitely going for the Albert Bartlett. You know, Rhinestone can run here off one four four. Um, I reckon if they did uh divert him here, he'd go off close to favourite. He'd be close to five to one. You can back him at twenty to one on one or no bet. So you can just have you know have a good bet on Rhinestone, non one or no bet at twenties, and hope they divert here. I know they're saying he's going to go to the Albert Bartlett, but who's saying that is guys in the previous circuit. Frank Berry is not calling those lads. Like you know, this this could easily happen. Like no one has a clue what they're going to do. So you can say all you want, and and even Barry Garrity could say it, and I wouldn't mind it. Like with non one or no bet, you've no risk. Uh, you could be on something that goes off fives and you're getting 20s, so have a good bet on Rhinestone. Uh, I think he'd be perfect for the race because I don't think he'd see out the trip over three miles in the Albert Bartlett, so I think this trip is ideal for him. I actually thought he was a bit of a yoke last year. He had a horrible head carriage, I thought, in his bumpers, and he's by Mancha, but in fairness, he's 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 um he's learned to race this year, and I think that former commander fleet at Leopardstown, I think that was a really, really good race. I'd love to see him run here. So uh, I would definitely back Rhinestone at 20s, and that's the only angle I have in the race. I love that. I'm going to get involved with Rhinestone because I also love Commander of Fleet. And I'd he's know... off 144 here as yeah. well, you know. If yeah. they think he's a grade one horse in the Albert Bartlett, he'd be a penalty kick here off 144. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, you know, connections listen to the race hour. And, uh, and that's quite doubtful anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I can, I, I can certainly send it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we, we try and get that into the right hands uh, after this uh, podcast gets released and see if we can formulate a nice podcast charge. That's great work from Stephen Casso with Rhinestone 20s non runner no bet for the Coral Cup. And um, we've had two votes for Eurodel already, but I mean, that's hardly uh, interesting fodder. Paddy Aspel. Uh, I wonder, will when I sent over the article the other night, early doors of Joseph, will he run in the boys' race or do you think he might go Carl Cup? What mark does he have, Paddy? Uh, with, with early doors. Um, he's got a lovely weight. I think he's got like 10 stone 11. Yeah, I, I wonder would he go for that Martin Pipe again? That's uh, I fancy him in the Martin Pipe because I think the Martin Pipe is much stronger last year than it's looking this year. So I wonder would they just go down that tried and tested route again? But, He's a show for this as well, Paddy. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got a very strong hand in the in the Martin Pipe as as Joseph O'Brien. I'm just looking at the other horse here that I liked was um, Mister Adjudicator or Willie Mullins. Now he's got a couple of entries as well, but like this Camacho, he's very very low mileage. He's only had the five starts over hurdles, but he's not finished out of the money yet. And I mean, although v- comfortably held by Espoir Dallin last time back in November. At Nace, um, he looks pretty tidy, this horse. And I mean, off a mark of, where is he, 149, he'd say it would look fairly competitive to me. But like I say, it's all about who who turns up on the day. But he's done very little wrong with uh, for a horse with very low mileage, this Camacho Gelden. If you like him, Paddy, I, I've heard a whisper the far class has been targeted at the county the whole year. And then you have that triumph form from last year. And Mr. Adjudicator is still very unexposed. So, like, if you like him, you could be... You could be doing an each way double on the two with Mr. Judicator and Farclass. Farclass 33s for the county. Now, I couldn't have him, but Mr. Judicator is a better angle. Keith Dunahoo, was he saying the last night, Dean, that um, the Coral Cup was the aim with Farclass, did he? Oh, maybe it was the Coral, sorry. Yes. I think it was the Coral yeah. Cup, he said, yeah, was the aim yeah, for Farclass. So. Okay. We'll do an each way treble all in the Coral Cup with three horses. Well, look, they're two horses with that. <laughs> 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 Let's find someone to accommodate us after this. I, I think that might be tricky uh, to to figure that one out. Um, okay, that's a that's a look at the coral. I just want to make one point on early doors because 
um, is a horse that I've never, ever liked. I think it barely gets two miles at all. So um, over this trip, I think it'd be lapped. So I just want to throw that in. And uh, it's always good for the fodder to be wrong afterwards. So we'll see how we go. Um, can we do, agree between us that we're not going to cover the champion chase? Or are we going to yeah. cover the champion chase? I don't think, I think Fresh Air be second to Altior. And um, that's where I'm at with it. Steamcast, no. do you have any insight? No. Move on. Go on, Dean. Move. Yeah, Dean, Dean, move on. I think we're all happy enough. I'll tell Easy to move on. Do we want to do the same with the cross-country chase, or are we all wading into Tiger Roll? Tiger Roll wins, yep. I didn't even bother clicking into this race when I was doing the study. No. <laughs> Good man. That's what I like to hear. The cross-country The cross country is the time to go and get a drink. Paddy Aspel. Yeah, he's very hard to look past, isn't he? I mean, even then the Bulger was saying that he he probably struggled to to beat the likes of Tiger Roll because I mean that performance he produced today over hurdles um, surprised everyone. I think didn't it surprise Gordon Elliott, but yep. I mean he's he, he's a daft price now because of it, though, isn't he? Saying that he was only sort of sixty five percent or so fit for that race, which is pretty remarkable. Uh, the Fred Winter, um, there is a twinkle in the eye from Joseph O'Brien about Band of Outlaws. Should we believe it? Um, I think Band of Outlaws is the best horse in the race uh whether cheltenham's going to be his track i don't know but god he just he has stayed well in his races over jump so far uh i absolutely love him like i i, I tipped mm. him on here for the race at sererik one at 20s and he didn't run um in the dublin race festival but i thought he was very impressive the next day i, I I'm, I'm still not convinced they'll run him um I think he should run in the Triumph because they're going to go a million in the Triumph because what's going to happen is Sir Eric stays, Keldastan stays and they both battle and they're going to go out at hammer and tongs and they're going to set it up for something to sit in behind. If And if Band of Outlaws is good enough and stays, yep. he could easily get involved there. So I really think they should run him in the Triumph. Um, but I like one and he's, he's, he's uh, linked in with Band of Outlaws. I think he's a massive price. I really fancy one here. Maze Runner of Willie's. Like, if you go back to his maiden hurdle form, he beat Union Gap, uh, Band of Outlaws, and way back home on his debut. That was re- that's really, really good form. Then he went to Leopardstown at Christmas um, in the grade two, that Rocky Blue one, and he just got mullered on the bend. Like, he was coming with the run, got absolutely mullered. He, had, he got shuffled back, and that was it. The race was gone. Then he went to Nace in the race that Band of Outlaws won, and Band of Outlaws, like Band of Outlaws destroyed him, but the race wasn't suit run to suit Maze Runner that day. Like he wants to go a million and sit in behind, and they went really slow. Like he's 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 got a lot of stamina. This horse, he won over one and a half at Galway, so he will stay two and a half, no problem over jumps. So a fast run, Fred, Fred Winter. He's got a ten pound swing with Band of Outlaws for a four pound beating, and um he's twenty five to one. Band of Outlaws is six to one, and I think they're running them in the wrong race. So Maze Runner, like I could see a scenario where where Ruby is riding them. So if you have Ruby riding, uh, you know he'd be closer to ten to one, and people might cotton on to the the form with Band of Outlaws. I think the race is really going to be run to suit. One two nine is very fair, so I'd be very sweet on on, on Maze Runner here. Cracking case made and a cracking price to boot. That's Maze Runner in that Boodles uh, Fred Winter. Dermot Nolan, we've been talking about Surin a lot on here as a fancy for this race. Are you going to change your mind at your last opportunity or stick with Surin? <laughs> my last opportunity. Hopefully, it's it's not my last opportunity in life. Please God. But the um, I think uh, I think Surin. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not swapping at all the former Gardens of Babylon, the former Sir Eric, the, just the former all around the place, even way back home as Frank did. 
I think a mark of 136 is uh, is quite lenient on what she's achieved, and I think she'll go very, very close to it. Yep, I echo that. Um, I'm a little bit concerned the price hasn't been coming in. I know it's preview night season and everyone is uh, jumping in and there's been a few mentions for it. I'm surprised to still see 12. Yeah, little little steps seems, seems to be the to one, be the one the, they're barking the about. Sold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, 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 in those Chevy Park colours. Let's go to Paddy Aspel on the Fred Winter. Uh, I was thinking, put it on the, the article the other night about Gardens of Babylon, uh, another one of Joseph's as well. That's, I mean... He said that when this horse finished second behind Sir Eric, uh, he never travelled the yard that day, but he finished off quite nicely and said that he probably wants, you know, sort of two and a half now. So really, I think in a helter-skelter race like this around Cheltenham, um, you know, stamina certainly won't be an issue for this horse. I think his form is pretty decent. He's got 11 stone eight. He's got a fair share of weight to carry, but, you know, overall it is going to be a pretty compact handicap and the other one, I have given a mention in the past as well before, just see if it's got much chance of getting in. I think it will. It was the horse of John McConnell's uh, Hannon that ran very well and was unlucky not to um, to beat that horse of Gordon Elliott's at Nace the other day. Chosen, mate. Yeah, yeah he, he would have beaten me in another stride. And like I said, um, uh, Dave Noonan dropped the stick halfway up the running. Uh, I think without it, uh, or, or without doing that, I think he, he'd have beat him. So he's got 11 stone two to carry. Um, you know, same again, it's enough for a juvenile, but you know, because it's a compact handicap, it, it doesn't really matter as much. But as far as winners go, I, I, I would, um, I'm happy with Garden to Babylon. Okay, Garden to Babylon, a mention for Hannon Surin for the race hour twins of myself and Derma, and Maze Runner for uh, well, 20s. Big price for Stephen Cass. Let's wrap up day two with the bumper. Um, I've no view on it. I've been listening to the whispers from the preview nights that have been going around. And uh, this might come a little bit too soon for Envoy Allen. It might not be the right race for Blue Sari. Getting the queue seems to be uh, all back in favor now for, for Harry Fry. Now the Roonies are going to race their horses here. Um, a race I will not be touching. Stephen Cass, are you betting in the champion bumper? Yeah, I backed uh, Edin de Who, Edin de Who, Edin de Hooks, however you want to say it. Edin de Who will do. <laughs> Edin de Who, yeah, yeah. Um, like he won a point to point, uh, then he beat a 130 rated hurdler in, in a bumper, then one listed bumper, the fourth is one since. Loads of stamina in the pedigree. Like he could go out, he'll be handy, which I like. He looks a real stare, and I think you generally want a two and a half, three miler. Um, in the bumper so he was 20 to 1 when I was writing my notes there might be a bit of money for him I don't have the betting up in front of me 16s yeah I think that's very fair like and Pipe is well able to get him ready for this race so um, he's won it of course with Moonracer so I sorry am I right there did he win us with same colours yeah the Drew colours yeah did Moonracer win the Chetland bumper did. yeah and he won the fairy house bumper the year before. Sorry, I'm thinking out loud here now, but it's odd that obviously he wasn't right for the years that there was kept him in bumpers. Yeah, sorry, he won that champion point to point bumper as well. That's why I'm getting confused at fairy house the season before. Anyway, I like Edinburgh. I like the way he does it. He looks very straightforward. Um, because I'm not crazy on the Irish. I think Envoy Allen is a complete boat. And while a boat might win it, he's favourite. So I want to take on a boat. And I I do not like Blue Sari at all. Like the way they talk, he shows nothing at home. And I think that was a nothing race. And he came up the standside rail when everything else was in a heap. And just, you know, he might have got the run of the race. And I'm not backing a four-year-old at four to one um, in the bumper. I doubt he's a cue card. So he's a terrible price. Um, Yeah, want to take on Envoy Allen. So Edinburgh was the one I came uh, down on. Okay, Edinburgh for the pipes. And uh, the, well, those bumper-winning colours of the past. Uh, 16 to one. Dermot Nolan? Uh, no, nothing. Paddy Aspel? 
Uh, I'm going to stick with the Nichols horse here. I've always been with Asford Laurie, uh, this famous Laurie Gelden. He won his point very well. And although it was a very run-of-the-mill Chepster bumper, he won on debut. He was sent about it uh, very early, knew his job, and he was very professional. And Sam Twist had an awful job to pull him up that day. So Asford Laurie for me. Ask for glory at 12 to 1. That wraps up day two. Bet Hard, home of the 30% combo booster, is the ultimate destination for Cheltenham punters who are serious about winning. With markets for every single festival race right now, Bet Hard has you covered with non runner no bet across all the championship events. Visit Bet Hard today, where winners dare more. Ages 18 and over, visit begambleaware.org.